Well, isn't it a great day to be together? I'm, I'm excited that you're excited. Excited to be here this morning <laughs> and celebrate after a fantastic New Year's Eve, I guess, right? Everybody do okay last night? Uh, Sarisa said we made it. Congratulations uh, into 2023. I'll be honest, 100% honest. I wasn't sure that I would, I always thought if I can make it to 40, everything after that is gravy. <laughs> and I'm there now. So uh, here I'm after, I'm the after 40 part now, but uh, it's, it's good to be here. It's good to be with y'all. It's good to uh, be 2023. Still waiting on the flying cars to be everywhere. I remember in the 80s, we all thought by the 2000s that would have happened. That did not happen. But um, anyway, I'm happy to be here with you today. Excited to celebrate 2023. Um, yesterday was a great day for football. Did everybody else watch football all day long? Was it not? No, just me. I didn't either, really. It was not all day football. <laughs> Really, it was. It was football all day long. I can't believe it's all the bowl games and college football, and it's that time of year. So uh, we enjoy it while it's here. Um, just to let you know a little bit about what's coming up uh, next week, I will do every year. I like to take a look at what has happened in the past year. Look forward into what's coming in the new year. Um, called a look back and pressing forward I'm going to do that next week so if you want to just hear all about what our church has done and accomplished this last year then you can come next week you know years ago uh, when I was just a, a kid in the church every year they would have an annual church meeting some of you remember that the annual church meeting and the pastor would give his report and uh, that's pretty much what mine will be next week is report on the year so uh, it's been a it's been an unbelievable year to be honest just everything that has happened everything we've accomplished so I uh, hope you'll come back for that and then um, Sarisa was talking earlier about um, she, you know she prayed and she did all that uh, and then she said something about giving but I don't think she I, I mean if you have been here for a while you know that we have the boxes in the back you can go to lantanagive.church or the church app um, if you're new here, those are the ways that you can give if you'd like. And um, the boxes are in the back of the sanctuary. Or if you're watching online, one of those ways. We appreciate everything, honestly, that is given our church year. We've been down to the last couple of months of our fiscal year. Uh, we know the, this year just ended. We've got two months left, January, February. And then the end of February is the end of the church year. So um, I want to tell you a story about a, a guy. He started playing the French horn by the age of 12. Anybody knows that? That's, that's a pretty good thing to be able to play, play the French horn. It's a, a, not an easy instrument to learn. By the time he was 15, he was playing professional jazz with uh, some of the top jazz musicians of his day. And uh, this guy became the first black musician to break the Hollywood color barrier as a composer. And uh, he's best known for composing the score for uh, the movie, The Color Purple. Um, if you know anything about that. Uh, it hasn't come easy, though, for Quincy Jones. He's been married three times. He's had two brain surgeries, and he has endured a, a complete emotional breakdown. Uh, many years ago, he uh, had a surgery for an aneurysm. The aneurysm almost killed him. He had the surgery for an aneurysm, and it, coming into the surgery, the doctors told him that he had a 101, 100 to 1 chance of surviving. 
very low odds of surviving. And uh, wouldn't you know it, he did survive. So when he came out, um, being the person he was and having the accolades that he did and, and those things, uh, he sat down with somebody for an interview and they asked, um, what did you start doing differently after your operation where you maybe wouldn't survive? And this is what he said. The first thing I started doing was hugging a lot. <laughs> he said, when you get to be 50, you start dealing with the countdown and you can deal with it in a positive or negative way. I see this little life to be this great gift. You know that old cliche about your life passing in front of you? Well, it really does. <laughs> I don't know if Quincy Jones is a Christian or not, but hugging others isn't a bad priority. Sarisa uh, is fond of giving hugs, if you know, that's my wife. And um, she will say, she always quotes the statistic about how often you need to be hugged and five hugs a day reduces stress or whatever the thing is, she knows what it is. So, you know, it's not a bad priority to have. And certainly we should realize how quickly life goes by. I mean, we are here today and gone tomorrow. In that, we must have our priorities right. Life is too short to have wrong priorities. I was talking with um, Michael and Amanda just this morning about um, our kids, and I told them that the first 10 years of our kids' lives feel like they, it took forever, those first 10 years. Um, but then the years after that are going so fast. I don't know what it is, and that's just my experience. Everybody else is probably different. But the first 10 years was so slow, and I remember we would joke and be like, man, we can't wait, they're 18, they're gonna be going to college, we'll get our house back, and now I'm looking at old pictures and stuff and saying, do they have to go to college? Maybe they can hang around with us for a while. Ms. is saying, yes, they do have to go. So, sorry kids. But no, uh, it, it, everything happens so quickly. And uh, this week, if you didn't know, um, we, I mean, I'm sure you all know that uh, Pastor Paul Marshall uh, passed away just before Christmas. And uh, we had his funeral this past week but it was not just a funeral it was a celebration of a man that had given everything to the church to God and uh, in fact is the one who brought the church to this location who had the vision to see and to know and uh, we have a lot of respect and admiration for Pastor Paul and um, you've heard me lovingly call him and I did to his face the godfather of the church um, he was just uh, such an inspiration to me and to others, uh, other pastors, and that was evident by those who are um, here and who have this admiration for him. But the point is, he had his priorities in order. He knew what was important. He set those things, and um, he, he lived by them. But I guess that's the question. That's what I want to talk about today is what is important? What will your priorities be as we move into the new year. New years are interesting, right? It's a chance for us to reset. We can do this one of two ways. We can linger in 22, think about all of the things that have happened to us and maybe some things that were traumatic or maybe some um, experiences we wish we wouldn't have had and, and live there and live in the trauma and live in, in some of the, or even if it's good things happen, you get, you know, um, somebody told me once that we're always in like today is somebody's good old days <laughs> and for some of us the, the good old days were 22 right and um and while they were good days indeed we we can't live there we can't we shouldn't 
focus there. So what will our focus be in 23? It's a great chance for us to have a reset, to think about the new year, to leave the things behind us that we didn't accomplish or that we're happy to leave behind us, um, to look forward to the new year. And, and it just comes to priorities. And priorities are an interesting thing because what happens to your priorities even in any given day? In any given day, what are your priorities? I mean, is your priority to wake up and to have some coffee? For most of you, yes. Uh, that's, that's Teresa's very first thing. Nobody talks to mama until she has her coffee. Um, or is it to eat breakfast? Or is it to read the paper? Does anybody still sit down and read the paper in the morning? Or maybe you read it online now? Or read blogs of whatever news? I don't know how that uh, works. I had a friend whose dad, every, every single day, his dad would sit down and read the newspaper. I can remember that growing up. Uh, or, or is your priority to pray? daily or to read scripture or a devotional book. I mean, what are our priorities? And that's really what I want to look at today to, to focus on. And we're going to be focused in uh, Philippians today, chapter three, as we uh, go into this Philippians chapter three. And I'm going to break it down over a, a few different points here. Um, you've heard me say before that nothing else matters except Jesus. Right, you guys have heard me say that before. Nothing else matters except Jesus. And I was reminded by a friend of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, and it says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. We have to be focused on Jesus. We have to primarily be looking at Him. And Paul is a great example of that. Paul was obsessed with Jesus. I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Christ Jesus and him crucified. So if Paul was obsessed in that way, that obsession has to lead somewhere, right? That obsession with Jesus has to lead somewhere. I can use myself as an example. If I say I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but all I do is talk about the Cowboys, you might not consider me to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. But if I go to games, and if I buy jerseys, and if I purchase hats and if I try to convert everybody I know to be a Dallas Cowboys fan then you might believe me that I am which I am by the way you guys hear me talk about them um, my heartbreak team but I still want everybody else to experience the heartbreak that I do so you should convert so for Paul this obsession with Jesus where does it lead it leads to growth. It, it leads to a, a progress of growth in Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about today. So uh, we're going to start in, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. And while I'm doing this today, by the way, the notes for today's message are in the church app, if you want to find them there, or in the Bible app. Um, but in verse 12, he says this, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. So he doesn't consider himself to have taken hold of it yet. See, Paul is saying, as we start this off today, Paul is saying that he is unsatisfied, not with Jesus, but where he is with Jesus. 
and the expression in here um, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me other versions say upon which that expression can really be taken one of two different ways it can be rendered in one way because in the Greek it could be um, I press on to take hold of that because Christ Jesus took hold of me it could be read like uh, Christ's capture of Paul was the reason for Paul's effort to win the prize that's one way to do it but translators it's a better way to translate it would be like this this was the purpose of Christ Jesus had in mind when he won me to himself so I press on to take hold of that upon which Christ Jesus took hold of me in other words this was the purpose that Christ Jesus had in mind when he won me to himself the purpose that he had in mind was for me to continue you see part of the problem and Paul talks about this often in fact if Paul were to take an Enneagram test you guys know that's the personality rated by numbers right um, I would think that Paul was probably a three uh, I don't know I've not studied this at all but threes are competitive and they like competition and, and everything Paul talks about or a lot of what Paul talks about is about competition and one of the things that competitors have to avoid is being complacent and so Paul's warning against complacency and Paul understands that complacency plagues the Christian and therefore the church you see most of us are content with where things are we're content with the way things are we're content with our current uh, our current spiritual standing we're content with being as close to the Lord as we are now we're just satisfied with that we're okay I feel good things are good we're content with the state of the church but we have to ask ourselves this question are we content with the state of the church should we be should we remain complacent with where we are and, and next week when I talk about all of the things we've accomplished as a church we have to realize in this last year we've honestly we've done a surprising amount in the last two or three years it's been out of this world the number of things we've accomplished but that doesn't mean we can say okay now we're good we can't remain complacent we have to see what is the next thing what is it that God wants for us we cannot lose our desire to see the kingdom of God built God has something in mind for our church sometimes when I'm up here and I'm and I'm speaking to you and something comes to mind I have to decide in that moment if I should share it or not <laughs> which is crazy because my ADD brain gets all like there's 15 thoughts like boom, boom 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 leave those alone Cal but I have to tell you we've been talking for the last couple of years about this church and what God wants for us and that there's a a breakthrough that he wants and a breakthrough that that is coming and one of the things that we've not done a good job of I don't think is leaning into the spirit and his spirit the Holy Spirit and and leaning into the gifts that he has for us and the things that he wants to do for us and I say that because scripture teaches that you know people will have dreams and visions it's a it's a thing it happens the Holy Spirit gives us thoughts and it helps us to dream dreams and all this to say I, I don't want to be complacent because and Sarisa shared at our last um, prayer meeting and it was spectacular a dream that God gave her that was interpreted by somebody else that um, 
was divinely interpreted I should say it that way Holy Spirit opened up this dream God has things that he wants to do for us and people are speaking prophetic words over our church but we cannot remain complacent we have to partner with God for the ministry that he has prepared for us and we have to be excited about and um, remain vigorous and uh, and moving forward always in building his kingdom and not allow things of this world to build a wall between us and what God wants for us and what God wants for our church and that's what the reason I mentioned is Teresa had a dream and the dream was about a offense around the promise that God has for us and right now are we going to break through that barrier that was the interpretation are we going to break through this barrier and I'm here to tell you we have to how do we not we have to press forward and that's in the next verse chapter or verse 13 and 14 to finish off um, he says forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize the competition again for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus something he says here reminds me of that movie City Slickers y'all remember that movie with Curly and he would always say the secret to life is one thing some of you know remember what I'm talking about he would hold the one finger up never really talked about what that one thing was <laughs> one thing just stick to one thing Paul had a simple approach for sustained growth he focused on one thing and so the question is and I'm going to talk about that what did Paul consider his one thing he talks about forgetting the past and and the word forget here is not a failure to remember Teresa may tell me that I have a dentist appointment coming up and I might forget that that's not the same forget that he's talking about here the forget the the word that he uses specifically means to no longer be influenced by or affected by it's something used in athletic terms forget that hit that they just put on you in football <laughs> have a short memory they'll say forget that move on move ahead see Paul had a varied past in ministry it wasn't always clean there had been seasons of great victory and struggles that led to defeat but Paul didn't live in his past he knew to live on that he couldn't also live on the victories of yesterday or the defeats of the past you have to learn from your past and you have to let the the victories propel you but he did not allow the the past to direct his course because he he left that behind so the one thing that Paul is talking about is is looking forward to the goal keeping your eyes on that goal looking always at that goal I press on towards the goal the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus looking forward embracing every opportunity that he has for us I would never encourage a lack of planning but I wonder if too often we miss ministry opportunities in the church because we're planning for that big event or for that ministry of notoriety or we're looking for the big thing and, and we miss what God is doing behind the scenes in less obvious places. 
So it's important that we are prepared and planned for those things, but let's not forget the things that God is doing in the less obvious spaces. Listen, the greatest impact of the church comes through intentional interaction with each other. That's the greatest impact of the church. You know somebody who's hurting? Reach out to them. And learn how to reach out to different people. Not everybody, some of you may want a hug. Call Sarisa. Some of you maybe just want to talk and dump. Some of you maybe need to have coffee with somebody. Everybody needs it differently, but that's where some of this great one-on-one interaction, intentional ministry happens. And as we're pressing on toward the goal, and I love that word, presses on. Do we ever feel like we are pressing? That word translated as press on is uh, dioko. And it means to pursue. And it, it's really an aggressive, intense word. To pursue. Like pursuing a prey. Like a, a cheetah might pursue an animal that they're hunting in the African desert. Like that's, that's the kind of, of intense pursuit that they're talking about, that Paul's talking about. To press on, to pursue, to aggressively go after. See, this is what we should be doing in our relationship with Jesus is aggressively pursuing that relationship with him. Your priorities every day. See, we forget what's behind. And today we look at, God, what do you have for me? And the only way we know that is by spending time with him. You have to spend time with him every single day. And some people don't do well in the morning, but I will tell you, whatever time you spend with him, spend time in the morning with him. Even if you can't get yourself to think clearly and and read some kind of devotion or the Bible or whatever, spend some time with him. Talk to him. Pray. To continue growth as a Christian, Paul is telling us to remain unsatisfied, to pursue or press on and finally to be disciplined starting in verse 15 to the end of the scripture for today all of us who are mature should take such a view of things and if and if on some point you think differently that too God will make clear to you only let us live up to that which we have already attained join with others in following my example brothers and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you for as I have often told you before and now I say again even with tears many live as enemies of the cross in Christ their destiny is destruction their God is their stomach their glory is in their shame their mind is on earthly things but our citizens is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body you see we are pressing on we are pursuing we have a goal in mind we have a place that we're going but to get there we have to be disciplined it does require discipline now some people are naturally disciplined Honestly, Pastor Paul was a a prime example of that. He was a disciplined person. Some are not very disciplined at all. (laughs) But we have to be disciplined in our following of Jesus. See, this is talking about a commitment. A commitment of resolve, which is necessary to get to the heart of the servant 
of Jesus. Paul's establishing guidelines of running a race here. It's like um, he's calling us to action with him. We see he's likening it to a uh, an athlete and he, he's saying I'm, I'm here and I'm ready we have to have the right mind and he's encouraging us to get ready with him we who are mature should be doing like-minded things and going the same direction like-minded we are like-minded with Paul join with others in following my example brothers and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you he's saying follow my example because I'm following Jesus so so follow my example and in verse 16 he talks about um, only let us live up to what we have already attained this verse caused me some struggle Paul's writing sometimes is very complex I don't know if you've noticed or studied it at all and it's not easily translated it might be better understood if we read it let us continue to do what the same rules say or let us continue to live by the same standard we have already set in other words don't go backwards we've set a standard of life in Christ this is what it looks like and we know this because Holy Spirit is directing us in it we know what that life looks like so don't go backwards let us live according to what we have already attained this standard let's let's live that way so that we can in verse 17 set the right example because people are looking at you when you say that you're a Christ follower everybody pays attention because they are waiting for you to fail and you know what you might fail but if we're pursuing Christ if we're pursuing Christ then we're modeling Jesus and true discipleship and we're following a high standard that has already been set so let's get our priorities straight there's only one God and he says quit letting other things be your God what an indictment to say our stomachs are our God our stomachs he's talking about our desires our desires should not rule us or our end will be destruction you can't let your desires control everything you do we all have desires our bodies the the that carnal nature it just has desires but with the Holy Spirit's help we're able to move past those and out of those and eventually be done with those because those desires are replaced by God's desire and a desire for him so what is our reward our citizenship he says in verse 20 is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body obviously heaven is our reward but that's not where Paul starts he says our citizenship is in heaven and, and we're excited about that and, and heaven we understand is the kingdom of God right so our citizenship is in his kingdom starts now finishes when we're with him in glory that's our citizenship but more importantly our savior will return we will see him face to face I just think it's amazing Paul's given us an admonition to to move forward to be excited to to not lose our vigor for serving Christ and I think that's a great way to look at 23 it's the first day of this new year 
And I know we're not as many here today as normal. (laughs) But wouldn't it be great if everybody who's here today became a force for Jesus? Something that the world has to... Jesus started with fewer people. Can we be that force that Christ has asked us to be? That's what Paul's telling us. Start this new year off right. Start this new year off in that kind of a way. Set our priorities for what Christ wants them to be. 